0: Blog Talk Radio.
1: Welcome to Your Personal Finance uh, with Dr. Charles Ross. And it's going to be a freewheeling show. I have no guests lined up. And so I'm counting on you, the listeners, to call in with your questions. Now, I got some things we could talk about. Okay. Um, uh, talking about uh, common money management mistakes. Uh, should you withdraw money from your retirement plan? Uh, restaurants that are offering some family meals for takeout or delivery. Uh, some national change. They're adapting to this new normal. Our phone number to call in is, you ready? It's 516- 387-1554. That's 516- 387- 1554. So if
0: you call in uh,
1: and get through, I will give you a free copy of my book, Your Common Sense Guide to Personal Financial Planning. How about that? You know So That's going to be your gift if you call in. So that number, once again, is 516-387-1554 is the number to call in and get in and uh, ask a financial question. Uh, i like to hear how you're doing and how you're maintaining during this pandemic, uh, particularly on the financial end of it. But if not, uh, a question that you may have about your personal financial situation that you might be dealing with. I'm your host, Char- Dr. Charles Ross. I always, you know, I, I don't call myself doctor around. The only place I call doctor is in uh, at work. So it's kind of funny sometimes to say it, but uh, it always uh, gives me some some joy to know something that I've uh, accomplished in my life. So I enjoy sometimes being able to share that. So, once again, our number, 516-387-1554 is our phone number to call in so you can get on and ask a question and get a copy of my book, Your Common Sense Guide to Personal Financial Planning. Um, it's it's very, very appropriate now because it has some neat stuff. You know, I believe it or not, <laughs> I've never read my book all the way through this book and my other book, God's Plans for Your Financial Success. And you say, well, why not? Well, one of the reasons is because uh, I've always been fearful that I'll find an error. (laughs) Isn't that crazy? You know, I always feel that I'm going to find an error, and you know, that might well, you know, finding an error, you know, it's kind of crazy, but uh, that's one of the main reasons I, I, you know, that I find something that I, that's wrong. But I had a great editor, and I and I should not feel that way. But any writer can understand is if that they find an error, then they're like, oh my god, that thing I put this thing out there, it's published, it's out there, and you know. So, but anyway, our number five one six three eight seven one five five four. That's the number to call in. And uh, get a chance to win. Well, you'll get a you'll get a book. Okay, I've got enough. Uh, you'll get a book um, here in Georgia. It's been really interesting with this pandemic. Before we get into uh, the issues associated with finance, Is that the governor has opened up the um, uh, state for business, uh, nail salons and barber shops, and uh, dine-in restaurants, movie theaters, and stuff like that. Then. This all happened, uh, what was this today, Wednesday? I guess it was yesterday. And then today, the president uh, said, hey, they're moving too fast. So this is going to be interesting in Georgia. So now he's got to eat some crow. He, he's going to have to change, which means if he does that, okay, then what that's going to mean is that he's taking orders you know, from the president, which, you know, I guess that's his right to do that. But, you know, a lot of the states, a lot of the governors feel like they're their own man, and, you know, they got elected, and they do what's best for their state. So that's going to be interesting to see how that plays out now, now that he's been kind of calling, like, hey, you move way too fast. Because in Georgia, um, we were the last ones, I think one of the last states to uh, uh, put out shelter-in-place uh, orders um, and uh and then of course now the first one's to open one of the first ones to open up so i don't understand the logic uh behind all that but uh obviously they're willing to sacrifice some lives and my thing is this okay then i'll be done with this my thing is that if the governor feels that we should go to bowling alleys and theaters let's see a picture of him at a bowling alley or movie theater surround i mean let's see a picture of him doing what he's asking you know um citizens of georgia to do the residents rather of georgia to do uh that to me and also why didn't he order <clears throat> excuse me the state employees the government the state of georgia employees back to work because some of them are teleworking and so forth
0: i'm just saying
1: i'm just saying you know. anyway uh 516 Three eight seven one five five four is our number to call in if you've got a, a question on on concerning personal finance. Uh, so, what are some of the common mistakes that uh, on financial planning? And this is in my book, your your common sense guide to personal financial planning. And one of the common mistakes when it comes to uh, you know money management that families make is limited family involvement. You know, having just one family member. Involved in the financial matters Is, is really a disaster uh, Even though one spouse may be uh, Responsible for m- Maybe most of the decision making But you know both spouses Should meet with the accountants The bankers, insurance agents stockbrokers, lawyers, what have you Because you know God forbid That uh, one of the spouses Die, well Die unexpectedly Because you know, you're know, all going to die Right, but you need to have, make sure that they're aware of where the money is and who the accounts are, and, uh, and where the uh, you know where the passwords are for certain things as well, and just being able to know what's going on so they don't miss a beat. And some uh, insurance companies uh, put together a document, and um, I know one insurance company, Allstate in particular, they have a whole packet that goes through all of this stuff. I mean, insurance, assets, retirement plans. I mean, it even goes into things that, just think about it, it goes into your passwords for your uh, online accounts and stuff like that, for your bank and stuff like that. All these things because, you know, when someone passes, that's just not going to be, you know, at the top of their list of things to be dealing with. So you go through this packet and you fill it out and it has all this stuff in it. And I'm sure of state bond progressive geico you may have one too you might ask them for it but it's a good document to pull together so you have all this stuff in one place so that when someone else passes uh the spouse passes husband or wife that you can go to this document and be able to access and not, not miss a mississippi uh, i have heard horror stories of family members who you know um uh, not lo- let alone the spouse, but someone else passes away, um, and and they and, and they find out that they didn't know where all, all the money is. They all know where the documents are, and it just really, really put it put it at a really difficult time. So, limited family involvement—that's one of the common mistakes in financial planning. Another one, and I covered this in my financial planning workshop a couple of weeks ago, is not having, you know goals that are written. You see, a lot of folks have goals, but they're just not written down. And I just believe that something special happens when you write down a goal and you can see it. And, you know, some people have gone and posted it in their bathroom in their mirror so they can watch it and look at it every day or in their bedroom or someplace or in their office right in front of them. And all those things are great but you got to make sure that they're written goals and that these written goals make sense to you in terms of what you're trying to do. So when you consider your financial goals, you need to place, you know, a dollar amount and a time frame on each objective. So if you're going to buy a house, you have to say, okay, how much do I need? 5000 10000 whatever it is. And then how long is it going to take you to get there? Uh, so these are the things that have to be in place in order to make sure that you achieve the goals that you have uh, have, have set out to achieve. Once again, to join the conversation, ask a question, uh, 516-387-1554 is the phone number to call to uh, join the conversation and get a chance to win a copy of uh, my book, Your Common Sense Guide to Personal Financial Planning. Uh, another thing, another common mistake that happens in financial planning is no budget not having a budget is a very very serious mistake it's very difficult to become financially secure without knowing how much money you earn and how much money you spend so you got to have a written budget and if it's not in writing then it's just kind of like wishful thinking you know and you know a budget goal is you don't budget just to be budgeting for budgeting sake no the budget is to Help you find ways to save more money. That's right, you know, because you're trying to find places in your budget that you say, "Wow, am I spending, you know, that much on eating out? Am I spending, you know, that much in um, in in, in uh, cable bills? Am I on cable television, on internet? Uh, am I spending that much on utility costs?" Uh, You know, so you look at these things. Am I spending that much in food? And then you look at them on at least a monthly basis, but definitely on a quarterly basis. You say, wow, how can I save more money? Because sometimes it's a small thing. Maybe not getting that cup of coffee from Starbucks every morning that can cost two or three bucks. You know, when you think about it, that's a lot of money for some water, right? Okay, but hey, I love coffee too. I'm just saying. And some of the things cost even a lot more. But if I was just able to just maybe not eliminate it, but just maybe I just, you know, one or two days out of the week, I don't get coffee. Or you turn around and make your own coffee. You know, um, it's, uh, I love coffee and I have a cup every day. But I used to go buy it from McDonald's. That was my best place. They had some strong coffee. They still do. But now I make coffee at home and it's a lot cheaper.
0: And I only have
1: one cup. That's it. So, not having a budget, and as I had shared in that, when I, on the financial planning workshop a couple of weeks ago,
0: and if you're listening
1: to this as a as a uh, you know recording, you can go back and check out the financial planning workshop, and in there I talk about uh, having you know having a budget and having it electronically. And here I mean having a software program, and of course the program that I like is called Quicken. Quuicken, which is by a company called Intuit that has also produces TurboTax, and these, uh, you know, this program just, you know, makes it extremely easy for you to do this. So all you have to do is download the program. You go to Amazon, and the last time I checked, you can, you can download the program about forty bucks, and uh, once you pay your 40 bucks, you'll get a code, and you can download it, and within three or four minutes, boom, you're ready to go. And you can set up your budget. The biggest thing that you have to do, the first thing, of course, is set up the budget, but the, the biggest thing that you have to do is you download the transactions from your financial institutions and then categorize them. It'll download just like a check register, okay? And who keeps the check register these days, right? Nobody very few people have balanced their checkbook. I think the last statistic I saw was like one out of ten, two out of 10 people balanced their checkbook. But having it electronic, it makes it easy for you to do that. So download, you know, once you download the program, you you, 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 uh, put in your codes and get access to your financial institution and you can download information from your bank, I think your mortgage company, all these places you know you're you know if you got an e-trade account or something like that you could download all that stuff if i think you're 401k 403b and have all that stuff in one place and and it's just great if and if you're still doing if you do have a budget and you're using paper and pencil or you're doing a spreadsheet then i mean you need to come into the 21st century i'll be honest with you it'll be a lot easier so i do encourage you to and there's other programs out there that you could use um uh, some of them free of charge. Uh, I'm just saying that make sure that the program, whatever program you do get, allows you to download your t- transactions from your financial institution, and then you have to categorize them. So you'd have to put your grant or mortgage, categorize that. You have to put your food from, you know, whatever grocery store, your, you know, whatever your cable provider, categorize that, all that kind of stuff. One great thing that I will offer those ones. If you email me at charlesross at com, I will send you a sample, you know, budget with categories, and so that'll make it a lot easier for you to, you know, pull this together. Once again, my number is 516 387 That's uh, 516-387-1554. That's the number to call in so that you can get a chance to uh, get a copy of my book Your Common Sense Guide to Personal Financial Planning uh, Right now With the pandemic going around um, You have a lot of I'm sure everybody has a lot more time on their hand You can't go out to movie theaters and things like that You can't go out to dine-in You can't go out to plays You can't go out to concerts That's you know, going to be for a while Hopefully you're spending that time Doing something productive And I have said you know, um, before And I'll say it again If you don't come out of this pandemic with new skills and more knowledge or a side hustle, (laughs) then uh, you don't lack time. You lack discipline. That's just real talk. You know, for me, I'm doing a lot more reading. I I read a lot, but I'm doing a lot more reading expanding. I got four or five books I'm reading. And uh, I started up this, uh, you know, radio show that uh, aired back in the 90s and bringing it back now. It's exciting to do. Uh, I'd like to connect with you, so give us a call, 516-387-1554. We're going to play a segment of my syndicated vignettes that was syndicated back in the 90s at, at, at its height. I was on about 100 stations, reaching about 3 or 4 million people every week. So here's a segment of your personal finance. I'll see you on the
0: other side. wallet is a little short, but the bills keep coming. Financial strategies when money is tight on today's Your Personal Finance. Here are some guidelines. Pay your rent and mortgage, then your utility bill and insurance. When it comes to your car loan or lease, miss a payment, and you'll hear from the lender or leaser within 10 days. But if you don't pay up after 60 days, expect the company to take measures to have your car repossessed. With credit cards, if you don't make the minimum payment within five days of the due date, expect form letters every couple of weeks requesting payment. If you don't make a payment, they will suspend your charge privileges keep in mind car loans and credit card payment histories will be reported to the credit bureau and will impact your ability to get future loans. It's always wise to try to work out a repayment schedule in advance. For your personal finance I'm Charles Ross
1: And we're back on your personal finance with Dr. Charles Ross and we're discussing common money management mistakes that folks make in managing their money uh, got a couple of more. Then we'll move on to some other things about uh, should you withdraw money from your retirement plan right now. So I mentioned no budgets. Uh, the other thing, another mistake that folks make is not having money for emergencies. That's a big no-no because stuff is going to happen, and one of your first financial goals should be to uh, make sure you have at least a savings. Account, savings fund equal to about six months of expenses. That way, if you become unemployed, get sick, or need extra cash, you'll not have to borrow money. Uh, so, you know, generally you should be looking at the expense side, not what your income is. So, for example, you might make three thousand dollars a month, but your expenses might be only a thousand dollars a month. Okay, so you need to make sure that you set aside. Three to $6,000, preferably $6,000, in a savings account, so that you can, if you get unemployed, something comes up, you can go to that stash before you start having to borrow money or hitting up friends to help you out, okay? So that should be one of your first goals. And, and to be honest with you, that's probably going to be one of the most challenging goals that you'll, you know, you'll have to achieve because, you know, it, it's, 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 it's hard. You know to save money. there are so many temptations now.
0: For me, let me tell you
1: what my biggest temptation is. My biggest temptation is books. I love books. I mean my wife will probably tell you there's not a book I've met the book I've met that I didn't like, and that's not necessarily true, uh, because I lean more towards nonfiction versus fiction. And you say, why is that? I'm gonna say this and it sounds kind of crazy. Uh, I don't necessarily read for entertainment okay Uh, fiction to me is like a movie okay you could come in the middle of the movie and figure out who the bad guy is, who the good guys are you might even predict how it's going to end because a lot of movies are very formulaic and they follow a certain pattern but for me, reading nonfiction is more like a documentary. You can't come in the middle of a documentary and figure out what's going on. You don't miss a whole lot of information. And, you know, for my students, I would tell them that I said, because in my view, and, and I'm, I have nothing wrong with folks who read fiction, because to me, that's entertainment. Cause it's like, like I said, watching a movie, I'm looking to learn something. Okay. Um, and this goes back to when I was a little kid, you know, back when I was a teenager, a youngster in elementary school, and I had a bookcase, and all my books were pretty much nonfiction, because I was looking to learn something. And I follow, and I have over a thousand books. I have maybe four or five hundred on my Kindle, on my you know Kindle app that's on my phone and my iPad, and I just like to read the information to know stuff. That's just me. Okay, and, and, and some people read for, no, for for entertainment and you read fiction, can you learn something in fiction? Yeah, sure you can but if you're reading non-fiction, you're generally going to learn something uh, but anyway, I digress but that's all, I know what I was saying I was saying that's my weakness and Amazon.com to me, you know is like crack, I've never smoked crack I don't find people that got addicted to it but it's something addictive Addictive. It's, I mean, on Amazon, and I'm mainly talking about books now, because you could go on Amazon and see a book, and if it has a Kindle version, guess what? <laughs> you can download that Joker and be reading it in two minutes or less. You know how addictive that is to a person who likes books? Oh, my God. It's just it's crazy. Anyway, um, so... You know that's just everybody has their weaknesses and so you know when it comes to you know budgeting and saving on and stuff you need to find the things that you that, that'll that be your weakness and, and hopefully stay away from um, the next thing that's a uh, money management mistake is uh, no tax planning you know the tax laws are extremely intricate and you know if you're not careful you know you'll run afoul of them, so it's really important that you uh, make sure that you uh, have a plan to, you know, pay the least amount of taxes. And that's just American. I mean, to do that, you know, and you got to find ways to do that. Uh, it could be something as simple as contributing to your 401k or 403b, because when you put money in that, that lowers your gross income that, you know, means you won't pay less in taxes. Uh, Starting a sideline business, you know. uh, I say that if you have a hobby, whatever it is, you've got to find a way to convert it to a sideline business so you can write off some of the expenses. Okay? Me and my wife, my wife and I, are real estate investors, and there's a lot of expenses we can write off. So, for example, Books. When I go buy a book on real estate, I can write that off. That's the knowledge. Uh, household, not household expenses. I mean, office expenses for paper clips, all this kind of stuff. You know, uh, we travel to our properties to look at them. So there's all kinds of things that you can now that you couldn't write off before that you can now write off. So whatever that hobby it is, and everybody has a hobby, something they like to do, find a way to change it into a business so you can. Start writing it off. So making sure that you have a, pl- a strategy to, you know, um, uh, you know to make sure that you and I, I can't remember what it is they say: avoid taxes. <laughs> One of them is illegal. <laughs> Avoiding taxes, you know, uh, you want to make sure you don't do the illegal stuff. Is you know that you're doing illegal stuff to evade taxes, hiding money and stuff like that. You don't want to do that. You know, you go to jail for that kind of stuff. Um, an interesting story. You know how they got. Al Capone you know they got Al Capone on they got Al Capone on evading taxes okay because you know the government will tell you okay you know we don't really care how you make well they do care how you make the money but whatever way you're making it you got to pay taxes on it so if you're selling drugs or gambling or whatever it is that you're doing illegally the government says well you got to report that now you know because you know between a rock and a hard place you report it then obviously you know you could go to jail but that's how they got Al Capone and that's how they got that's how they get a lot of uh, drug dealers and stuff like that when they see them flashing uh, I was watching this uh, Netflix uh, episode I can't it's called, it was Narco land or something like that but anyway so I'm watching this uh, uh, show about these two guys uh, I can't remember where they were from and one was real flashy. The other one was real conservative. And, of course, the one that got kept, was very flashy, got caught because, you know, folks could see him. You could see, you know, he came on the radar of, 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 of um, law enforcement. And the flashiness, of course, came back down to, okay, well, how are you affording all this stuff? Do you have a job? You see? And that's why uh, the, the smart drug dealers and folks doing criminal activities find some legitimate business. To launder their money in that so that that way they can show where all this money is coming from, and how they're able to buy cars and houses and boats and planes, whatever else they buy. you know. So, anyway, just I thought that was a little anecdotal information for whatever it's worth. Uh, my number is 387 1554. 516 387 is my number. Call in and I'll give you a free copy. Of my book, Your Common Sense Guide to Personal Financial Planning. Uh, what's another mistake that uh, folks make in managing their money is not utilizing their employee benefits. You should, as an employee, if you are an employee, you should be aware of all the benefits that your employer offers you. Um, and what I see oftentimes is that the big things are usually health insurance. And retirement plan you know, 401k, 403b But then they look at things like uh, You know Group life insurance And things like that For their wife or, or their husband Or for their children And just kind of look over those Now, I don't think you should have All your life insurance tied up through your employer Because employment changes I said, but At the same time, it's so inexpensive I, I would think that you wouldn't You shouldn't, you know, not take advantage of that in addition to what you may have personally. Does that make sense? So making sure that you have, you know, that you take advantage of the life insurance group, use the group term life insurance that, you know, usually is very inexpensive. Usually if you don't go over a certain amount that you won't have to require, they don't require any type of medical exam. But with this pandemic, I think that's going to change. I think that, uh, you know, and, I, and I've been talking to my insurance buddies and they've been saying that, yeah, you know, um, I'm sure the insurance companies were some of the first entities that, that whatever testing that they have, that they got a hold of that because I'm sure that's one of the things that they're testing now for the uh, coronavirus because that's, uh, that's one of those risk factors out there. And I guarantee you that if you... It's going to be interesting because that might be one. Also, that might be one of the questions that they'll have on the um, on the application. Did will you, you know, you know, And normally they ask questions about your past health history, medical history, family medical history, and that may be one of the questions that they might ask. You know, and uh, and and you have to ask, answer it correctly because if you say if you did have it and you say you didn't, and they find out later that you did, and you happen to pass away then they could deny coverage, something to think about, you know. But usually you have, like, a two-year period of time where the insurance company has to find out, stuff like that. But anyway, so that's something that's going to be coming up, uh, that, uh, the, you know, what they're going to limit in terms of folks who have had the virus, and then, of course, trying to detect people that, you know, might get it. And see, here's the other thing that, to me, is interesting with the inequalities that is now showing up in the pandemic as far as education and health care is that are they gonna be more critical, are they going to rate policies when a African American or someone of Latino uh, Asian or something like that that are more susceptible to the illness, are they going to rate them differently? You know, so that's gonna be an interesting thing to see what happens with that. That uh you might be rated, you know, because of the fact that you might be more susceptible to get the coronavirus or any other type of, of illness, you know. So something to think about as we go forward. So what other things, um uh, make sure you look at the insurance, 401K plans, and other things like dental, and eye care, and stuff like that. You know, um, one of my pet peeves is that there are two areas that, that most companies or benefits uh, just don't do a good job, in, and that is dental insurance is just wholly inadequate. And Anybody who's ever had to go to the dentist, and I'm assuming everybody listening to this broadcast or this podcast, that dental insurance does not cover the major stuff. You have some major stuff to have to do. and I'm t- talking about, you know, crowns and all that. I'm talking about just major stuff, getting an extraction done, you know, getting some dental work done. It can be, you know, very expensive. Take it from me, I've had it done. <laughs> I tore up my grill on, on my bike, and man, it cost thousands. You hear me, thousands to get get my get my uh, handsome face back together again. Okay, I'm being silly. Um, But, yeah, so those are one of my pet peeves. Um, What else? Uh, Last thing, uh, as a common mistake in uh, money management, is not spreading the risk around. Often people invest too much money in one area. Um, A lot of times you work for a publicly traded company to get a lot of shares of company stock. Now, that's not necessarily a bad strategy, but having all your investments in one stock is is very risky. Any investment advisor will tell you that. <clears throat> if you don't have money in a money market account and kind of, you know, move it around a little bit, now's the time to give it a fresh look. And even, you know, which might uh, go to in real estate, you can even do that in mutual funds, finding the right mutual funds to invest in real estate. So I think spreading the money around, not having all your eggs in one basket, as they say is a good strategy, and, you know, now's the time that you have some time to look at your investments, make some decisions, and, you know, uh, and I always believe when it comes to mutual funds, I'll give you my little two cents, is that, you know, you should start off with a uh, index fund, you know, a index fund is a fund that kind of mirrors the market. One of the more popular is the Vanguard Index 500 Fund. This fund that in, that kind of uh, mirrors the S&P 500. And the reason why that's important because most money managers generally are tasked uh, with trying to beat the S and P 500, and they're of course know, given incentives to do that. And so if you have your money in a you know index fund, then chances are when the market goes up, you can be assured your money's going up. You don't have to worry about that. Um, and, and ideally, I always believe people should have uh, five funds. So they should have an index fund, uh, maybe a bond fund, you know, maybe a government bond fund, a corporate bond fund, uh, a large cap fund that you know deals with companies, you know, big to publicly traded companies, and then maybe a small cap fund, which is a fund that deals with smaller companies. You know, and when I say small, these are really, really pretty huge companies, but they're small as compared to the Fortune 500. You know, I'm sorry, the uh, you know big you know, Fortune companies um, because those companies are smaller and if you're a hundred million dollar company in other words you have sales of hundred million it's easier for that company to double their sales or even get up 20 or 30 percent than a you know big fortune 500 company you know what I'm saying okay so let's repeat index fund preferably bang on index or something similar a uh, 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 a government bond fund, corporate bond fund, a large cap fund, meaning a fund that invests in big companies, you know, similar to the Fortune 500, and then a small cap fund, that's a, that's a mutual fund that invests in um, smaller companies that have a specific niche in the marketplace. Okay? And then that's pretty much it. You know, some people have 10 and 12 and different. I'm like, okay, that's a lot of funds to keep if you do your research and select those five funds, then that should be your go-to. Okay? 516-387-1554 is our number to call. If you're listening to this as a podcast, send me an email, and uh, I'll be more than glad to send you a copy of your Common Sense Guide to Personal Financial Planning, which is my book that, that gives you all the tips on how to budget, protect and save and invest your money. So we've covered the things. Let's recap what we've talked about. Common mistakes in financial planning. Number one, limited family involvement. You need to get your spouse. And if you're single, you should have somebody else that knows where, you know, the gold is buried, so to speak. Okay. Uh, no written, not having written goals. That's a common mistakes that people have. Um, so you make sure your goals are written, not having a budget. Number three, Okay, so you make sure you have a budget that you can, you know, go to and, and 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 make sure, you know, that you're staying on track. Remember, your budget is designed to help you save money in all these categories to save money, to put into investments, whether it's 401k or uh, if you're doing real estate, start the business, or whatever the case may be. Uh, not having money for emergencies that's the number. That's number what is that number three uh, let me see think that's I number yes yeah, number four I'm number number four not having money for emergencies uh, you gotta have money set aside And you know if you can't save money on a regular basis put it aside and not touch it then you'll never ever be financially independent that's that's truth talk right there Uh, No tax plan In other words, you don't have a strategy to reduce Ideally, in America You should be trying to get your taxes to zero Yeah, I said it (laughs) Legally That's what you should be trying to do Is to get it so that you can keep all the money that you earn That's what the rich folk do They hire CPAs And spend thousands of dollars To help them come up ways to to save money You know, uh, by not having to pay taxes um, and that's why they have businesses Okay They have businesses and they have real estate Because if you have your own business There's a lot of stuff you could write off That beforehand you could Okay so what's the other one Two more Not utilizing employee benefits Yep Make sure you're taking advantage of everything Spending the time Which your benefit people Go to the little workshops they have uh, Open enrollment coming up And usually coming up in the fall October or November that time Make sure you're utilizing the employee benefits. And then, finally, not spreading the risk around, not spreading that stuff around so that you have monies in different pockets, in different areas. Okay? All right. Any questions on that? Raise your hand. 516-387-1554 is the phone number to uh, call in. We're going to play another segment of uh, my vignette, Your Personal Finance, and we'll see you on the other side.
0: Can parents with different attitudes about finances raise money-smart kids? Find out on today's Your Personal Finance. Chrysler 300M presents
1: an original composition by Dr. Sonia Sanchez and Mr. Eric
0: Benet.
2: Perfection. In an imperfect world I hear you Whispering my name in the wind Go on With your high energy self 300 I feel you Rounding these curves Bringing your rhythm of life To the road Perfection In an imperfect world you bring speed and beauty. You bring the future and the past I say wake up world Perfection. and let this new day come in. 300
0: the best place for kids to learn about money is at home. But according to surveys, youngsters in the U.S. are embarrassingly uninformed. What makes money a taboo subject in many households? Apparently, it's the emotional debates parents often have about it. But mothers and dads should agree on this. It's important to get an early start teaching your children basic financial concepts. To help your kids, divide money management into four basic areas earning, spending, saving, and borrowing. In your daily routines, While you bank, pump gas, or discuss family vacations, use every opportunity to give clear, practical examples of these principles. As your kids grow, so should their financial lessons and responsibilities. For your personal finance, I'm Charles Ross.
1: And we're back. Your personal finance with Dr. Charles Ross. Oh, yeah. Raising money smart kids. I, I've, I've been very fortunate in uh, raising my uh, daughters. I got all you know, four daughters, and um, they're all, you know, money smart. You know, um, you know, my oldest, uh, she's an RN, and she does a good job with the money. I don't have any grandkids yet. She's married, and then my uh, third oldest, my second oldest daughter passed away. Some of you may know that. Uh, and then my third oldest, she's, uh, you know, she's. Uh, uh, a residence, She's a pharmacist. She's a residency up in Richmond, Virginia. And uh, when she was growing up, her siblings used to say she was cheap, and that wasn't accurate. She's actually very frugal. You know, cheap means you don't want to pay any, pay for anything, but she was more frugal than anything. You know, in other words, she wanted to make sure she got the best deal. So, but it's important, you know. And kids watch more. What you do than what you say. I mean, they'll hear stuff, but they're watching you all the time, you know. And uh, I think that, that they're going to learn their money lessons from you. If you know you're always going to the mall and or uh, shopping and for clothes or, or on weekends, that's your entertainment. And for some people, that is, they go to the mall or go shopping, and that's their little therapy. Um, then guess what? Your kids going to think that oh. Okay, it's okay to go to the mall, or go to the you know shopping center, and 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 spend money. You know, uh, if they don't hear any conversations about saving money or things like that, and you know how to get, make sure you get a good deal on a car or house or, or internet service or utilities or whatever, then they learn not to have those conversations. And especially when it comes to grocery shopping, go to the you take them with you to the grocery store, and yeah it comes time to choose certain things and you're not doing any comparison shopping. You're not shopping with a list or anything like that. Guess what? You know, that's what they learn, you know. Anyway, so Raising Money Smart Kids, that's one of my best episodes so I can talk about. So, now, i got a few minutes left. Let's talk about um, should you withdraw money from your retirement plan? Oh, wow. well, yeah, as uh, some of you may have heard, and this has been a uh, a little known aspect of the um in the uh, corona coronavirus aid relief and economic re- econ- Let me start over <laughs> coronavirus aid relief and economic security act better known as cares act uh provides some some uh, cover for a retirement plans and could provide some you know, financial relief if you need it uh, if you're young, remember normally if you're younger than 59 and a half, uh, you ordinarily ordinarily would be subject to a 10% penalty if you try to get some money out of your 401k or 403b plan. Uh, but this Cares Act waives the 10% penalty for withdrawing money. That's right, it waives it. You get a 10% penalty for taking the money out, and then you would have to add that money to your gross income and pay taxes on it. So they're waiving that for IRAs and uh, you know, uh, 401K plans and 403B plans. Um, the coronavirus-related distributions can be taken for some of the following reasons. Here they are. Uh, you and your spouse or dependent have been diagnosed with the coronavirus. You've experienced adverse financial consequences as a result of being quarantined, furloughed, or laid off, or your work hours have been reduced. Uh, You're unable to work Because of a lack of child care You've had to close or reduce hours of a business As a result of the virus You've been financially impacted By other factors Um, And and be aware that the 10% penalty Only covers withdrawals up to $100,000 And they have to be made On or after January 1st All the way up until December Of this year, 2020 So, that's a lot 516-387-1554 Right. 516-387-1554 is the number to call. Uh, if you have a question that you want to ask about your personal financial situation that I'm not covering right now, <laughs> feel free to give us a call. Uh, also, to ease the tax burden, I have up to three years to pay the taxes on the withdrawal. So if you you know withdraw that money and you find out that you – you know, um, you know, can't pay it all once. You'll have up to three years to pay the taxes. Um, so that's something to think about as you, you know, start thinking about whether you should withdraw this money, you know. Uh, and also, here's another big feature. The withdrawal is not going to be subject to the mandatory withholding of 20%. So normally if you withdraw that much, you'd have to, you know, pay uh, 20% in taxes. So just some things to think about as you, you know, are trying to find ways, you know, um uh, some people, I've heard some of my real estate buddies are thinking about, you know, using that, uh, you know, the fact that it can take money out of a 401k or four three b plan and putting it into real estate. Yeah. That's a thought, you know, or starting a business with it. Uh, you know, so that's something to, you know, think about, um, uh, you know, I, you know, and, and you have to weigh the risks of that because the first thing is that okay, what am I going to invest it in that's going to give me a return, and I got to pay the money back, so I got to factor that in there some kind of way, right? So I've got to pay the money back, um, you know. So those are things to kind of think about when you're doing it, you know. And some of my real estate buddies who are doing things in these markets where it's a sub thirty market meaning that you're buying property that uh, sub-35, I mean, if the value of the property is uh, 35000 or below, uh, that could be a good deal. We haven't talked much about that, but let's just take it for a minute and talk about that. So if you buy a property, and it, in, in some cities it's expensive, the, the, the housing values are six digits, 100000 and up, it might be more challenging. But if you can find a market, if you're in an area where a small town where houses are thirty, thirty-five, forty thousand dollars, I mean a thirty thousand dollar house, you can buy it. You know, fifteen percent down with the lender that we use, and um, so on a thirty thousand dollar house, fifteen percent down is what forty-five hundred dollars. Is that right? Ten percent would be three thousand. Half of that, yeah, forty-five hundred dollars. And you can rent that 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 two three bedroom one bath two baths for probably about anywhere from five hundred to seven hundred dollars a month. So let's think about this for a second. So you buy this house, okay, thirty thousand dollar house. With me, you have to put forty five hundred dollars down. Okay, that's that's your all in. And you rent it out. Let's do a low ball figure. Let's make it. Let's split the difference between five hundred and seven. Let's say six hundred dollars a month. You get $600 a month times 12. That's $7,200. So in the first year, you've made your money back, right? You say, oh, what about the mortgage? Okay, fine. Let's talk about the mortgage for a second. So let's take let's do the math. $7,200, $600 is the rent, okay, times 12. That's $7,200, okay. You put in $4,500, okay on a, if you're putting in $4,500, let us say, let's make it easy, let's say the mortgage is about 30000 Okay, that mortgage right now is probably going to be about mm, about $300 a month. So, what's that times 12? 300 times 12 is $3,600. So, you paid $4,500 as your down payment, right? And now, you've got 3600 right? Is your, is your, um, is your uh, is your mortgage right? And that's all in taxes, everything. So seventy two hundred. You subtract out the mortgage of thirty six hundred, right? And what do you have left over? Thirty six hundred. You have thirty six hundred dollars left, right? So that's your net cash flow. That's about three hundred dollars a month. You follow me? So you put in forty five hundred. So still in that year, maybe a year and a half, you've made your money back. Everything
0: else beyond that
1: is gravy. Just saying, wow. <laughs> how could I get in on that, right? <laughs> I'm doing it. You know, I'm doing it. and I'm not the only one. There's a bunch of other folks that are doing it as well. 516- 387-1554 if you want to talk about how we're we doing it. And here's the key thing, okay? that the thing that we had to overcome in this in this uh, real estate plan that we have. Because our goal is to own about twenty to twenty five, you know, properties and if we own twenty five properties and they're, you know, cash flowing about um, oh you know, they're cash flowing about let's say, you know, five hundred a month, that's twelve thousand five hundred uh, a month, $150,000 a year. If you can't live <laughs> on $150,000 a year, then something's wrong. But that's our plan, to buy us four or five properties a year over the next three to five years, and then we're out for the rat race. That's, that's, that's the plan. But the key thing, the thing that we had to uh, overcome was finding a lender that would lend us money because most lenders won't lend you on uh properties will buy, uh, for under 50 some of you know, under 70 so we're going to play another segment of your personal finance this is really on small business moves and i'll tell you you know lenders that'll do that
0: small businesses face special challenges in controlling their costs a few simple strategies on today's your personal finance Classic story of boy meets girl. Two people at a diner soon discover they share an interest in something other
2: than coffee. So what do you like best about your Dodge? Neon? Lots of stuff. Like? I love the 16 valve single overhead cam. Excuse me? Or maybe the electronic fuel injection. How about the hype sound system? Or the power windows? And the power locks. They're good, but what I really like is neon
0: power Mm. to turn heads. How about another cup of coffee? No. How How
2: about about a drive? drive.
0: (laughs) Now you can drive the head-turning neon for less than you probably expect. Get one all dressed up with lots of extras, including 15-inch wheels or an alarm system. Dodge Neon. Different. Now at a friendly Dodge dealer near you. (coughs) Any small business owner knows profits can bleed out fast in both large and small ways. Saving money has to be the top priority. Here are a few practical suggestions to get you started. First, stay close to your business's finances. Open your own mail so that you know what bills are paid, when one is overdue, and whether complaints are being received. Keep an eye on checks written on the company account. If any employee dishonesty should turn up, you'll spot it. Another tip, don't put on the ritz too soon. Lavish spending may impress one or two clients, but it can get you into trouble fast. Save money by staying at inexpensive hotels, opting for red-eye flights, and other common-sense economies. Remember, no one is going to look after your business as carefully as you. For your personal finance, I'm Charles Ross.
1: And we're back. Yes, so yeah. so you have to find, as before the break, I was talking about uh, real estate investing and talking about how uh, the key part, particularly when you're talking about sub-35 market. in other words, houses that are valued35,000 dollars uh, and below, you've got to find a lender. Um, and uh, if you're interested in that, send me an email. CharlesRossAndOutlook dot and I'll share with you the lender that we have that uh, you know that allows us to do that. That was the key component. Once we did that, once we found a lender that you know would lend on properties uh, below uh, you know fifty thousand, and matter of fact, this particular lender um, will lend even below twenty five thousand. <laughs> if you can believe that. So that's uh, that's uh, some of the stuff we're doing. If you should have everybody right now, you know, during this pandemic, if you're not coming up with a, a plan, a strategy to become financially independent, you know, um, to find a way that you can work from home for the rest of your life or until you retire, finding a strategy to do that, then hopefully this this time, this sequestered time, this quarantine time, this shelter-in-place time. Uh, will not be wasted, and uh, that's something you know for 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 you to think about. So that kind of ends the show. Um, I've enjoyed having some one on one time. I uh, enjoy having some guests. We have some guests uh, planned for Friday. Uh, hopefully I'll be able to share you back, uh, share share with you on uh, on uh, on my Facebook page uh, and um, and also on my Instagram. So uh, I hope you have a very, very successful day or evening for whenever you're listening to this broadcast. Uh, once again, if you want to reach out, uh, I can be reached at charlesross@outlook.com. And uh, we're going to end it with uh, one of my favorite songs that kind of coincides with this show, The O.J. <laughs>
2: We'll <laughs> be